is John from Dairyland Frights. And are you scared of your podcast hosting site? Well, not anymore, because with Podbean, you can get a free month of hosting for your podcast. And also, yes, there's more. You can get $100 of free advertising for your podcast, where you can advertise on Dairyland Frights or in many other podcasts on Podbean. So don't be scared and come over to Podbean today. And you can go to Dairyland Frights, podbean.com. That's Dairyland Frights, podbean.com. So don't be scared. Come over to Podbean. We love it. You'll love it too. Hello, spooky friends. Today, we're bringing you another great episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. My name is John, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Brooke and Megan. How you guys doing? Have you been abducted by aliens <laughs> from our last episode? Want to bring anything Not out? today, unfortunately. Not yet. Uh, Okay. You know, yeah, still looking out, still keeping an right. you know an eye over my shoulder and everything. <laughs> Nobody showed up and gave you a jar with an alien in it, perhaps. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Unfortunately, okay. not. Dang it! Fingers crossed. Uh, from our from our last episode, yeah, listen to it and you find out what we're talking about. So today we're going <laughs> to the great state of Michigan, and we're going to talk about the Michigan Dog Man and. Thank you so much. I said Mackinac, and I'm a mushmouth. It is Mackinac <laughs> Island. Thanks to <laughs> Megan. That's why she's a great teammate. <laughs> Tell me that I mispronounced that. Oh, I do. <laughs> we got each other. We got each other's back here <laughs> at Dairyland Price. Um, and we're going to talk about the island, of course, uh, Grand Hotel, and other spooky stuff. Um, but just really quickly... Um, and maybe we'll do this from time to time, but last night I watched a movie called on uh, Netflix called Where's My Ghost? And it's basically about a movie, uh, it's a movie about these teenagers who find a ghost in their house, and the parents kind of like want to use <laughs> the ghost to make money, and the kids just want to figure out why the ghost is in the house. And then there's this a storyline with the government who want to use the ghost for obviously military purposes um but it's a really sentimental fun movie uh i give it like um three and a half stars out of five i know okay. uh, megan and brooke you have not watched it yet but i'd recommend it it's a nice like sunday night you know ah, there's nothing on i'm, I'm gonna watch it so just a quick it sounds fun <laughs> yeah i'll have to check it out nice i like it yeah yeah so let's get right into it the michigan dog man brooke take it away yeah, we've got a lot of fun stuff to cover when it comes to this. So it's kind of fun. This is going to be a little bit of a continuation of our Beast of Bray Road story. So uh, I don't remember how many weeks ago it was, but we did do an episode on the Beast of Bray Road. And there are a ton of parallels you'll kind of see sprinkled throughout. Um, but a very similar story, um, but it's very interesting. So to set the scene a little bit, the Michigan Dogman was allegedly first witnessed in 1887 in Wexford County, Michigan, uh, which is in the northern area of like the main part of Michigan. So it's not the Upper Peninsula. It's actually mm. um, 
It's actually, I looked at, like, compared to Wisconsin, it's basically on the same, like, longitude uh, as Green Bay. So it's, like, directly east across hmm. Lake Michigan from Green Bay. Right. So in the case of this first sighting, um, there's not a ton of information, but uh, allegedly two lumberjacks saw a creature that they described as having the head of a wolf and the body of a man. <clears throat> and I guess this was not really uncommon for uh, something that people would see back then, like especially lumberjacks, like sure. living, working, constantly being out in the woods. Um, this was like pretty common experience for the them. And it was kind of similar to like, mm -hmm. we, during the Hodeg episode, we talked about how the lumberjacks kind of had their own like yep. wives tales about Hodegs and right. um, <clears throat> like these spirits and ghosts that they would kind of see out in the woods um and they would make up a lot of stories but they also had a lot of interesting and unique experiences doing what they did um so that is where the original sightings of dogman kind of happened but um dogman sightings in Mi michigan have occurred in a lot of different locations um including the upper peninsula and other areas around the mainland of michigan but a lot of them seem to be centered around the wexford mm. county area because there is also um i think it's the huron manistee national forest is like in that area too um okay. which is a very like dense uh, dense forest area so a couple other initial sightings so in 1937 in paris michigan a man named robert fortney uh was attacked by five wild dogs Ooh. and he said that one of mm. them stood on two legs Ooh. um and oh. then in 1967 in manistee michigan there were multiple sightings of a creature with the body of a man and the head of a dog so we will come back to some of this stuff, but if you you might have noticed something strange, right. mm -hmm. and that is that all of the years that I mentioned, 1887, 1937, and 1967, Ooh. all end in a seven. Ooh. So according to the legend, um, the dog man actually reappears in Michigan in 10-year cycles in oh, years wow. that end in a seven. Kind of a fun, right. interesting uh, yeah. little twist on like the Ooh. local lore, <laughs> but... um. So before we move on, I want to talk a little bit about, I think I feel like you can't talk about the Michigan Dogman without talking about this song called The Legend. <laughs> um, so a lot of the notoriety that surrounds the Michigan Dogman originates from this uh, original song called The Legend. And so in 1987, uh, these two radio personalities, John O'Malley and Steve Cook of WTCM FM in Traverse City, Michigan, they recorded an original song. And they kind of recorded it as an April Fool's joke. So, uh, was this? Yeah, Steve Cook. He had written a poem that kind of chronicled different runs with the Michigan Dogman that happened every ten years, starting with the lumberjack story in 1887. And he actually claimed that he kind of based the song on various myths and legends he had heard of around the U.S. He wasn't really aware of the Michigan Dogman specifically at this time. He kind of, I think he knew about the lumberjack story, but everything else that's mentioned in the song is kind of like he heard this happened somewhere at some time. And so he kind of just like put it into uh, a song talking about like, oh, in 1887, this happened. In 1897, this happened. Mm. So they put together the song it, it's actually it's very fun like if you listen to it it's more like a spoken word poetry with like some folky tunes played in the background okay. we would definitely recommend it it's like it's kind of goofy it's fun um 
Nice. But they they played the song on April 1st, again, as an April Fool's joke, because <laughs> it was 1987. So allegedly the, you know, the monster was supposed to come back this year. So they they made the song, they played it and they didn't really hear anything from their listeners for a couple days. But about like a week later, they started receiving a bunch of calls from listeners who claimed huh. that they had had run-ins huh. with a creature that was described in the song and then a bunch of people started asking about the song they were asking like when would it be played again what was that weird song oh. and pretty quickly it became like the most requested song on the station and uh <laughs> yeah it was really funny like people became they were obsessed with this song and it started getting like play in like other states and like pretty soon like other countries like wanted to get like rights wow. to play the song because okay. people were like really interested in it um and they eventually like recorded it and put it on cassette and they sold the cassettes for four dollars a piece um and they sold a bunch of them they ended up donating at least in their first run they donated about two thousand dollars to a local like humane society animal shelter yeah Yeah. school kind of ties in with the dog man thing um but yeah they continued to kind of like sell this song and like replay it uh in the years um in the future and uh, because of and he actually re-recorded the song too so in 1997 and in 2007 he recorded updated versions of it steve cook did um and they <laughs> kind of tweaked the lyrics a little bit based yeah. on like new things that had happened and um they updated the musical backing to make it a little bit more modern and like uh, more catchy and stuff too so the one that i listened to i think was the most recent one and it does it is it's catchy it's it's pretty good i like it um thanks <laughs> But because of this song, uh, Steve Cook has actually received like more than a hundred reports of these dogman sightings oh, uh, wow. because people will specifically come to him because they think that he's kind of like this expert on dogman because he wrote the song, right? Uh, which is kind of fun. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I want I put in some of the lyrics here. Um, so the lyric this this is the start of it. So we start with the lumberjack. So the lyrics go. 11 lumberjacks near the Garland Swamp found an animal they thought was a dog. In a playful mood, they chased it around till it ran inside a hollow log. A logger named Johnson grabbed him a stick and poked around inside. Then the thing let out an unearthly scream and came out and stood upright. None of those men ever said very much about whatever happened then. They just packed up their belongings and left that night, never were heard from again. And again, it kind of continues with like uh different stories like there's like a farmer who died in like the next the 10 years later and then like a widow okay. 10 years later and like all these different people who passed yeah. away and had these run-ins with the with the dog man um but the ending is fun so it goes on like this um presumably untrue or like quasi true stories but the ending is what really caught people's attention so the last couple um lines go so far this year, no stories have appeared. Have the dogmen gone away? Have they disappeared? Soon enough, I guess we'll know, because this is the time to fear. For another ten years has come around. The seventh year is here. And somewhere Ooh. in the Northwoods darkness, a creature walks upright. And the best advice you may ever get is never to go out at night. <laughs> so, very spooky. Awesome. Very fun. You know who right? should Isn't cover it? It's this? really fun. Yeah, you know who should cover this weird ale Yankovic. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, you know Weird Al. If anybody knows Weird Al, yeah. reach out dairylandfrights at gmail.com and we'll have him cover this. It's not, yeah, it's right <laughs> up his alley. It's very, it's super fun. I yeah, would highly recommend listening to the song. It's a good time. I, I'm like, I added it to my new playlist. <laughs> it's very, uh, very much sticks out for the rest of the music, but uh, it's fun. Um, so, yeah, so that's the song. And again, 
this song coming out in 1987 kind of like spurred a bunch of new sightings and stuff like sure. that because people were interested in it and a lot of people would um call steve cook and tell him about you know sightings that they had had like years prior mm. things like mm -hmm. that so it wasn't necessarily like oh i just saw this thing like this year it was like oh i saw this thing back in like 81 or whatever um so i wanted to cover a couple um, encounters that are a little bit more well known and specifically that have like photographic evidence tied to them because beyond just the song and like the kind of most likely fake stories there are a lot of a ton of eyewitness accounts of this creature um, in Michigan and a couple of them were pretty interesting so this first one happened in 1961 um, and it was he was it was viewed by or this uh, is from uh the account of like a night watchman and as you can already tell this does not fit the years ending in seven narrative so this, this did right. not happen okay. in 1967 it was 1961 um however the story was told in earnest by the son of a night watchman who worked at a manufacturing plant in big rapids michigan many years after it took place so again i believe that he did not recount this story until after that song came out in 1987 but it happened many years prior to that was told by his son, but he was very familiar with the story that his dad had told him. Um, so Big Rapids is north of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it actually is close to that original location of Wexford County, and it's close to the Huron-Manistee Forest, uh, where a lot of the other sightings have also occurred. This seems to be kind of like the hotbed area. So the watchman recalled that he often heard coyotes, bears, and other strange animal noises in the brush while making his rounds at night, but one night he experienced something truly unique and terrifying. So he was kind of like a second shift guy. He worked mm -hmm. very late at night. Um, and at this time, he actually lived on a house that, uh, or at a house that was like on the property of this place that he was watching over, or was like right across the street from like the main area that he um, would kind of just keep an eye on. And so he had kind of just finished making his rounds and he was sitting on his own porch and it was three in the morning. And his porch was located on the premises. So he's sitting there, he's eating a cinnamon roll and drinking a cup of coffee <laughs> and just kind of like, you know, the sun is yeah. maybe just about to come up. He's just kind of enjoying his time. And yeah. along the chain link fence at the back of the property, he saw some movement. And so he drew his gun, which he carried with him um, when he was doing his rounds. And he continued watching near the fence for a few minutes and eventually realized that what he was looking at was not human. It had Ooh. broad, powerful shoulders and alternated. He says that it alternated between like walking on two legs and walking on all fours. So it would kind of like mm, walk on all fours and it would like stand up on its mm. hind legs and like kind of walk on its hind legs and then go back to all fours. And he said it was just, it was moving unlike anything he had ever seen before. And so this guy was actually like an amateur photographer. Um, so oh. in 1961, you know, this is like, it's photography is not what it is today yeah. but he had yeah. uh like a professional camera um in his house so he had a kodak signet 35 millimeter um mm. and so he actually went inside to get it he came back out the creature mm. was still there um so he set up his camera and he set it up for a long exposure because it was still pretty dark out and again this guy like knew what he was doing with cameras and so um he photographed the creature it was kind of wandering around the factory's driveway and it was stopped like underneath a lamppost and just kind of like standing there um 
And so when you look at this picture, again, it's the 60s, so it does look really blurry. Um, however, the photo does appear to show like a hunched over figure standing over or standing upright on his two hind legs and appears to yeah. be around seven feet tall based on how yeah, tall the like, lamppost is. Yep. Yeah, and definitely covered in fur. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that they can kind of see like a canine like snout. So you this photo is in the uh the outline if you guys want to look at it we can put it on our instagram too yep. yeah. um but you can definitely see it's like hind yeah. legs that they're like muscular by its thighs and then kind of like thinner down by its like calves and um it's really interesting he's kind of like behind the pole so you can't see all of it but it's a uh, very interesting picture um and the guard's son actually provided the original photo which was taken on celluloid film so yeah. uh, easy or it's very difficult to like tamper yeah, with yeah it's very hard to fix. um yeah and then his son actually says that after this his father carried a rifle with him pretty much on all of his patrols but also like anytime he was outside especially at night and he was very paranoid about his son playing outside after dark um and would you know like not really let him do that either because he was just terrified of this thing coming back um I will say that, like, I saw this story multiple times, but I couldn't really find the, like, the original source of it. So there's no, like, real name tied to this story. Um, hmm. And I, it's hard to kind of understand the validity of it. I did find one article <laughs> written by this guy who claims that he, like, debunked the photo by changing the exposure and proving that it was edited in Photoshop, but he doesn't specify huh. at all how he knows that. He, did, he didn't okay. seem like he really knew what he was talking about yeah. either, so it kind of is, like, yeah. it's hard to, yeah, val validate the photo, but it's also, like, I don't really think that this guy knew what he was talking about either. Um but but yeah it's definitely interesting though and it's uh like you can even see the chain link fence in the background that like yep. the guy was talking about mm -hmm. the driveway the lamppost uh the thing looks very tall compared to the lamppost so yeah uh it's definitely interesting i don't know what do you what do you guys think it looks like do you uh what do you think does it look like a dog man megan what do you think i mean i can kind of see it honestly like, I don't know what else it would be. Like, it does look like a humanoid creature. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I agree. So here's my For first sure. thing. I don't think it's very smart because it's hiding behind a pole. That is definitely <laughs> not a good hiding place. Like, if it's trying not uh -huh. to be seen, like, why would you hide behind a, a pole with a light <laughs> right over you? You know, it's like when my true. little when my kids played hide and seek and they would like hide under the couch every day you know and i'd be like eh, mm -hmm. the, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other thing is maybe you just smell the cinnamon roll and just be like damn that's maybe cinnamon roll. i mean i would i would too I love that is so roll. true so here's same, my thing let's same. put up some cinnamon rolls <laughs> yeah see, see if they um, attract the dogmen yeah yeah um, but honestly yeah, I mean, I'm really on the fence about this one, Brooke, because it looks like, yeah, again, if it was some guy in an ape suit, right, you you could tell, right? It kind of gives away uh -huh. that kind of, but if you look at the legs and you're like, okay, I, I kind of, you know, I'm, I don't know. I really am on the fence about this one, and um, it's interesting. I'll give you that because, again, if, if they're in an ape suit or some type of suit, they wouldn't 
not like today where you can go out and get like a costume that looks real. And 60, mm -hmm. probably not yeah. unless you know this some makeup artist yeah. or some right, some special effects guy. That's just that's yeah. interesting. I'll give you that. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. definitely interesting. <clears throat> but um yeah so this was uh one of the earlier encounters that became a little bit more well known um and there is a more recent one too which i thought was interesting so this happened in mm -hmm. 2007 um so this it, this does abide by the the rule of the year ending in seven um so this was a story recounted by the brother-in-law of a prominent political figure um, who we do not know the name of again because he wanted to remain anonymous because sure. he didn't want anything to like harm his you know chances of getting elected <laughs> i'm sure by being the dog man guy uh so it was recounted by his brother-in-law so while driving home from a friend's house along cinder road in benzie county near the town of benden uh the man noticed eyes uh reflecting the light from his high beams um in the road in front of him and so, like most people in the Midwest, he kind of assumed this was a deer. So he right. just began slowing down. Um, at this point, it's like 500 feet in front of him. So he starts slowing down, getting a little bit closer, assuming that the deer at some point is going to, like, run away like usual. Um, however, as he gets closer, he realizes that the eyes are much further off the ground than a deer's would be. So he estimated that the eyes were about six or seven feet off the mm. ground. And at this point, Ooh. he can still only see the eyes. But he's like, it looks a little weird. Um, and then finally, he keeps getting closer and closer. And when he was like two or 300 feet away, he realized that the creature looked like a large wolf. Um, and so at this point, he like stops because he's a little freaked out. And then he notices that it's not, it looks like a wolf, but there's something weird about it. And as you might <laughs> guess, this creature was standing on two legs. Um, okay. And okay. it was off to the side of the road at this point, And he was actually standing behind deer carcass like the guy could see there was a carcass of a deer um right in front of this creature and so he's he stopped the car at this point he's looking at the this creature standing up right on two legs and it didn't move like he's just they're just kind of like having to stare down like he's staring at the wolf wolf guy uh it's not moving and he almost he said he thought that it might be fake for a little bit because it was standing so still that he thought huh. maybe someone like yeah. put it there to freak people out or something like that but pretty soon like maybe 30 seconds later uh it like took off and bolted into the nearby woods off the side of the road Whoa. Whoa. and now this guy does something that i don't think that i would have done in this situation but i don't know i guess i can't say he actually pulls off to the side of the road where the animal was standing so by where That's the deer carcass is <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I'm like, I don't think I would have done this. But no. he actually, he had a flashlight in his car and he um, like leans out of the car and shines a flashlight on the ground to like look at and see wow. if there's where the animal was standing to see if he can see anything. And he noticed a footprint where the animal was standing, Ooh. which looked like a wolf or a dog footprint, but it was eight inches across or which is basically twice the size yeah. of an average wolf print. Huh. Um, yeah. And he also noticed that it seemed to be like very deep in the mud, um, leading him to think that the creature was heavy and that it was putting a lot of pressure onto like those sure. hind legs. Um, you know, if it was standing on two feet, that would make sense. Um, and then there's actually, again, a picture of this. So he took a picture of it. He put a, a shotgun shell in the footprint for scale. 
Um, so you'll see that in wow. the picture, like in the pad. Yeah. So you can see like how huge it is if it's again yeah. if it's real. Um, that's pretty crazy. That definitely looks much larger than like yeah uh, wolf print. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's very big. Um, and interestingly, so people who saw this said that it looks like it could potentially be like a bear print. Mm. And they had asked him, like, do you think that it could have been a bear? Because it would kind of make sense a little bit because bears are, sure. you know, when they stand upright, they could be like seven feet tall. Yes, um, and, um, and he said no. And he said he was an avid hunter and he would know the difference between a bear and a wolf. Um, and that he definitely was sure that it wasn't a bear. <clears throat> but it's interesting. Uh, definitely, definitely interesting. But um, some of the similarities to the Beast of Bray Road are kind of interesting. So um, the Michigan Dogman is very frequently associated with stories of the Beast of Bray Road. And many people, including our friend Linda Godfrey, believes that they're connected Rest and likely the same. <laughs> yeah, recipes, Linda. Um, but she thinks that they're all like the same creature or same phenomena happening because... Uh, there's just so many similarities between people's encounters with these creatures. Um, there was a lot of different theories as well. And a lot of them we talked about during the Beast of Bray Road. So I won't talk about those same ones again. Um, both of these stories that have photographic evidence kind of seem to be a little bit sketchy and not linked to any yeah. specific person or source, um, which yeah. isn't completely abnormal given, you know, people are definitely more likely to not want to be connected to the stories when it comes to this sort of thing, because they don't want to be crazy or they don't want to seem weird, but, um, but it's still like, it's frustrating when it's like, okay, this is really interesting photographic evidence. But we don't know who took the picture. Mm. Um, we can't like, you know, verify a lot of the information, <clears throat> but there's a lot, there's so many stories too beyond this that I didn't include that don't include photographic evidence, but are like very, um, interesting stories too though but one of the theories that we kind of mentioned in the last one is uh the theory of dire wolves which yeah. i don't really subscri subscribe to um but it's a lot of it's always brought up though so um dire wolves are essentially an ancient wolf species um considered to be extinct and believed to be extinct but they were about 25% larger than gray wolves that are common yeah. in the area. But the thing is, like, they also were not bipedal or anything. Like, they wouldn't have stood no. up on two legs. Again, mm. there are instances where wolves will, like, stand up and, like, lean on something. Or, like, you can see right. pictures of wolves kind of up on their hind legs. But they can't, like, stay like that and walk around like that. And no. neither can right. dire wolves. So it's not no. really, like you know it might happen but it's not gonna be like you're seeing a wolf running down the street right. on its hind legs like that right. that's not a thing um so dire wolves you know is a theory but again i don't really believe that one um the bears one is definitely uh, the you know the theory that it mm -hmm. is actually a mm -hmm. bear is definitely a persistent one um with a lot of the dogman stories specifically like bears who have just recently come out of hibernation or they're malnourished sick underweight Sure. Um, in a lot of cases, they these bears in in those instances could kind of look like a uh, upright wolf because um, when they're skinnier, you can kind of see their bone structure a little bit more, and their skulls actually do have a similar structure to that of a wolf. Um, sure. And again, the height would kind of make sense, and like the mm -hmm. way that their coat is described. 
Um, and also like the tendency to hang out by roadkill because if a bear is like malnourished, it's probably not hunting. It would probably eat um, roadkill and be more like scavenging. Um, so it kind of makes sense. And I think that it could like that theory could maybe describe or explain some people's encounters. Um, yeah. Something else that I think is interesting is this theory of Native American Cheyenne mm. warriors. So yeah. I didn't do a ton of research into this. I just saw a little bit about it, but apparently the Cheyenne uh, Native American tribe, they had um, like an army of dogmen uh, and it was these guys who would spend years becoming one with dogs and wolves out in the wilderness. And according to legend, these men were eventually able to transform into dogs at will. Um, and they wow. um, are still said to like live out, even though a lot of their like other tribesmen have kind of died out. A lot of people believe that these guys kind of still live out there and, um, hey, you know, bro, are still kind of anything like Skinwalkers, or is that this totally separate? You know, uh, this is a different thing. So this is like skinwalkers are more like an evil thing. I don't know a ton about it, but it, like this is more like the dogmen aren't like bad, uh, which mm -hmm. I, which I was about to actually talk about. So like uh, hmm. it sounds strange, but some people gravitate towards this theory specifically because of the fact that no one who has encounters with these dogmen creatures ever seem to come to any harm. Um, so it, in most cases, they appear to be like non-threatening. They feed on mm -hmm. already deceased animals. And a lot of people see them like feeding on carcasses of deer mm -hmm. that have been hit, that kind of thing. Um, but according to Cheyenne descendants, this could be because the Native Americans believe that only wrongdoing should bring harm upon oneself. So like if you okay. have not done anything wrong, then nothing wrong should happen to you. So the dog man wouldn't hack unless it's being yeah. threatened or provoked makes sense um yeah because if it is you know if you subscribe to the legend and believe that it was at one point like a native american person they wouldn't want harm to come right. to someone right um, so so yeah so that's why a lot of people put a little bit more stake into that like theory than one might think that people would because it does seem very like fantastical i guess but um but yeah, the fact that I, I mean, I've read so many encounters now with people <laughs> yeah. like encountering these dogmen and everyone always says like, yeah, it was scary, but like it didn't do anything like it had every oh, opportunity yeah, to like come after me or whatever. And maybe sometimes it'll like charge at a car, but it doesn't really right. uh, like it seems to more want to instill fear in people, maybe, but not hurt people. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Yeah, which is interesting. Um and then the other theory is that it's a hoax. Um, so some people, <laughs> there's it's always the the theory, but I, oh, I got to put theory. it in there. Yeah, but a lot of people think that the stories have come to fruition due to the popularity of that song that I talked about at the beginning from 1987, mm -hmm. The Legend, um, and that it's like the sole explanation for all of this, um, which I, I definitely think can describe some of the occurrences. Like I'm sure some people maybe like got into their own head about it and were like, yeah, I totally saw that thing. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, right. it's 1987 it definitely happened or something. Right. Um, but I, I definitely don't think that it makes sense for everything, given that yeah. dogman encounters have been talked about like all right. over the country and the world for like hundreds and hundreds of years, even thousands of years, like the beast of Jovedon, which again, I think I brought, brought up during the beast of Bray road yeah. episode, but um, 
was like a story from France in the 1700s of these people who were like having run-ins with a, a dog man and like mm-hmm. hunting it and stuff like that. And it was kind of terrorizing. I don't think that, you know, maybe it was just <laughs> right. a big wolf and they didn't know what it yeah. was. But again, like people have talked about this for thousands of years. Um, something else I wanted to throw out there. This is a little bit different, but there is a podcast that I found called Dogman Encounters. Oh, very straight oh. to the point. Um, and it specifically covers people's sightings and interactions with Dogman all over America. And some of them are super interesting. Um, I was listening to this one and it wasn't Michigan. I believe this guy was from Tennessee, um, but it was episode 117. And it was crazy. Like I had never been so convinced about it until like listening to this guy's story. Cause you can, it, he tells a story about something that happened to him in 1981. Right. And he talks about how like he has never told anyone about it because he always thought he was like, like he knew what happened, but he sure. always was like, I don't know if I was crazy. Like, I don't know hmm. who to tell. He never told anyone in his family, his kids, his wife, his parents, like nobody. And eventually he started listening to this podcast and hearing everyone else's stories and was like, finally like got up the courage to reach out to them and tell his story. And his story, it's just like, it's crazy. Like the amount of detail and like, you can hear Mm -hmm. like his voice shaking as he's describing it. Like he's totally reliving it. Like you can tell how traumatized he is and how emotionally he is over it. Um, But he talks about, um, how he encountered this creature while he was driving and the creature basically like charged at him. And it's like crazy. He talks about how he like, he really didn't want to look at the creature's face because he knew it was going to freak him out. And it was like <laughs> running, like keeping pace with his car. And he like, he knew that it was yeah. like, a, he knew it was like a wolf and he knew it was like running on two legs, but he like was so freaked out to look at it. And eventually he just couldn't help it. And he like looked at its face and they like made, eye- and you could just hear it, his voice, like how mm-hmm. freaked he was i don't know i would really recommend listening to it because it was it was crazy um but these these guys have like hundreds of episodes this uh dogman encounters podcast and it's just all people recounting their experiences there's a subreddit called dogman um where people talk again it's not just michigan and wisconsin again it's all over the place so it's really interesting um but but yeah, I just wanted to end on a quote from Steve Cook. So we talk, uh, he interviewed, he did an interview with this website called Skeptoid. Um, and he said, I'm tremendously skeptical because I've sort of seen the way folklore becomes built from the creation of the song to what it's turned into. But mm. I do believe people who think they saw something really did see something. Yeah. I also think the Dogman provides them with an avenue to explain what they couldn't explain for themselves. Sure. Which, <laughs> you know, is a good yeah, point. Good quote. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting, but yeah, so that's a little bit about the Michigan dog, man. There's a lot, there's a lot of stories. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting, interesting stuff. So, yeah, what do you guys think? So yeah, go, go ahead. I was just thinking, you know, how the dog man was kind of running along with that car and kind of freaking that guy out a little bit. Do you think that there's mm-hmm. any, there's ever any cryptids that are like pranksters? Like, do you think there's any monsters that like you know like, what? Take out of scaring people because like that would be kind of that's funny. it's so it's so funny that you say that because so I was listening to that podcast on YouTube and then I was kind of like scrolling through the comments just kind of uh, like nonchalantly and there was this one woman who commented on it and 
um she was like she was like i'm so sick of the dog man like it's such a bully like all it does is like want to scare people because she's like i've listened to she was like i've listened to like hundreds of these stories and all it does is like try to freak people out yeah and, like it's funny because yeah. she yeah i think it's like well known among people who are like familiar with dog man that he's not the dog man dog men are not like uh they're not predatory they're not gonna kill you right. they're gonna hurt you but they're gonna freak <laughs> you the hell out and like, <laughs> like that's yeah it, it's interesting i could it's just, funny that you say that though because yeah i could see them you know going upset. back to their little you know horde of dog men being like guess what i did today i had yeah. this guy like crap right. yeah. So right. yeah another hey. thing too i i forgot about this um but it was another thing that i thought was interesting to mention is people um Another common thing seems to be that uh, people mention they have like the face of a dog and like right. the kind of like hind legs of a dog or like the lower torso of a dog, but they seem to have like the hands of like a person more so. Because <laughs> um, there's like another encounter that I read where um, it was like a younger, like three young girls who um, witnessed like three dogmen like in a puddle like around a lake and they were actually scooping um water up with their hands and drinking it out of their hands instead of drinking it like like a dog would with like by like lapping it Mm. into their mouth um and a lot of people have like mentioned similar things like that where they will like pick things up with their hands like a human would um but it's kind of interesting just the what you said Megan kind of reminded me of that like (laughs) they definitely have like human tendencies so I could honestly see that being the case um but that actually that also reminded me those three girls that apparently saw that happen um the one the main one who actually told the story she was given a lie detector test and she passed it so that's why a lot of people talk about that story um again not that that's like totally right accurate or anything but people yeah but people talk about it quite a bit because she seemed very again freaked out and agreed to do a polygraph test and (laughs) passed it like that that actually i think happened in wisconsin i believe um, right. which there was a whole other story in Wisconsin about a guy who had like a pack of wolf men that he believed were on his farm property. Uh, Ooh, so, so yeah, yeah, they're just like wandering around everywhere apparently. And yeah, you never know. You yeah, never know when you might come across a dog man. That's, that's crazy because it's just, what, mm-hmm. what's so funny about my dog, our dog, Minnie, she's really protective now. So if anyone passes near our house, She'll jump on near our picture window and just growl and bark. Mm-hmm. And oh yes, yeah. you know maybe they're really territory. To Megan's point, they're having a little fun and get back to the other dog man and go like, "Hey Gary, <laughs> this is great." Man. <laughs> yeah, right. I this tie up for like two miles. I, those guys peed their pants. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Have a little fun. I love totally that. freaked it out. Like, yeah, you know, right? tonight, you know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to go out there having a little campfire, a bunch of kids, and I'm going to go and circle them and growl at them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you never know. That's it? Yeah. Well, one of the things that interests me is a lot of people now have trail cams, and everybody has a, a camera on their phone, is, again... Mm-hmm maybe why haven't we got a picture of this? And and mm. granted, if I would see a dog man just pop in front of me, I, the first thing I'm not thinking is, oh, I'll grab my phone. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Not right. Yeah, you're going to be thinking, freaked out. Run. <laughs> get in my car. They're and, actually... You know. 
I wish that I would have put this picture in there and now I don't know if I'll be able to find it, but there was a recent, I think I actually saw it on TikTok cause I was looking up dog man on TikTok, but um, yeah. uh, there was someone who had a trail cam picture that they thought was, was dog man. And okay. God, I can't find it now. I'll have to, we'll yeah. have to come back to it. Take but, a look. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. Awesome. awesome. Okay. Uh, anything yeah. else, Megan, on the dog man? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning more towards this is believable just because it's yeah, right. And maybe it's like you it, said, a form of a wolf. I'm not. I'm on the fence. Right. I, I can't say yes or no. I'm just. I know I should say yes or no, but I'm. I'm on the fence. I don't know what yeah, to think. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Mm. I just don't know what to think either. But I. I it seems like. Hmm. Of all the cryptid stories I look up, this right. has it's almost kind of like a Sasquatch or something type of deal where sure. it's just it happens in so many different locations. There's so many right. eyewitness accounts. Mm-hmm. It's and, not just like one yeah. cryptid. And yeah. remember, we live in a world where after two weeks you kind of forget about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, mm-hmm. like, oh, that happened. Oh, yeah, that happened like two weeks ago. Whatever. You kind of move on. We're kind of not move on world nowadays so for this and right play road to continue is interesting to me yeah so, for sure yeah awesome. awesome so ladies i have a proposition for you and it's a nice one okay <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so brooke and megan what if i told you that i'm going to send you and your families all expenses paid to one of the most beautiful hotels in the United States. It's on an island along a gorgeous lake and the views. Oh, ladies. They're exquisite. What are you going to say? What, what do you say? Sounds saying? amazing. Yeah. Sign me up. Don, right? Yeah, sign me up too. Oh, I forgot, I forgot <laughs> to mention one thing. It's yeah. built on top of a graveyard. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, that kind of complicated, doesn't it? So it's put on top of this um, graveyard. Um, <laughs> and oh yeah, one other thing, ladies, no mini bar privileges. Okay. That's oh well that's the main thing. like this. I can deal with the graveyard. <laughs> I love it. Brooks like Mini bar, oh, <laughs> graveyard, yeah, whatever, sure, I'm good. That's Brooke's priority. Mini bar, Megan's like mini bar, but I love almonds. Come on, <laughs> they do so, have an ice cream shop though, uh, so I'm down with that. That's true. Yeah, that's so true. what are, what are we talking about? We are talking about the Grand Hotel on Mackinac. Again, my mush mouth. Thank you, Megan. Um, <laughs> Island in Michigan. So. The Grand Hotel, if, you, if you've been there, please, again, share with us uh, some pictures or some insight on it, dairylandfrights at gmail.com. Go to our YouTube site, put some comments on there, uh, upload a video. You know, We'd love to see it. Hit subscribe because we also love that. Um, and also, we'll put some pictures of the hotel on Instagram. Uh, I'll let Megan and Brooke do that because there's so many beautiful pictures. I immediately fell in love with this place. I was like, Yes, I have to go there. So, That's beautiful. Um, 
while it's primarily known as an enchanting tourist attraction, it Ooh. was originally home to indigenous people, most of whom are buried on that island. Now, um, I will have Megan go to a little more of the history, but I don't want to steal your thunder, but it became a military fort um, really around this island where even more deaths and burials. <laughs> so the, basically, it's a massive burial ground. <laughs> and this hotel is built mm -hmm. right on top of it or near it. Um, Megan will talk about the cemeteries, and she'll share that, how freaky it is. But here's some quick facts. Uh, about the Grand Hotel. It features one of the world's longest porches. <laughs> I love this. It's watching 360 <laughs> feet. So, you know, me, I'm a That's guy a long porch. rocking chair, sitting on the rocking chair, just sitting there. Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just thought that was weird <laughs> for them to be like, we have the world's longest porch. I'm like, oh, it's okay. Sounds <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> Um, but since its construction in 1887, which that's crazy, 1887, Wisconsin became a state in 1848. So, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so it has hosted this hotel five United States presidents um, during overnight stays on the island. Throughout the generations, famous figures have spent the night uh, in the 300. <laughs> I love how they describe this. 338-room Wonderland. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know where they from, but okay. Um, <laughs> like I said, it, it included the presidents, five presidents, Mark Twain, Al Kaline. Do you guys know who Al Kaline is? No, I don't. Okay, yeah. he's a famous Detroit Tiger baseball player. He's in the yeah. Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Jane Seymour. Mm. And mm. Emma Roberts, double. Cool. Um, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. So they've stayed there. And one of the draws, of course, is whether it's haunted or not, is its proximity to the water and the beautiful lakefront views. And like I said, this is just crazy how beautiful it is. Um, but, of course, it, we're just not trying to sell a hotel to you. <laughs> <laughs> if the Grand Hotel wants to advertise with us, we will gladly accept their money. Um, it's one of the hot spots for paranormal activity in Michigan. So legend says, and here we go again. When have we heard this before, ladies? Legend says construction workers uncovered human remains while digging the hotel's foundation. Um, mm. Duh. Duh. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. um, burial mound but to me that I, right so let me just ask really quick what's more freaky to find a body um like let's say you're you're jogging i don't know you both jog whatever let's say you're walking and you look over and find a body a dead body that's partially alive or let's say you're digging in the backyard making a garden whatever and you find skeleton bones which is more scary to you skeleton bones or the partial dead body both, John. Um, Both. <laughs> Skeleton, who cares? I, like, oh, okay, I didn't kill, you know. I'm talking about you found Well, it, especially right? if... Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're like, you are you know you're building something on top of a burial ground. It's like, well, what did you expect? <laughs> I'm sorry, but... <laughs> you know. 
I'm gonna go with the the partially alive dead body or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was. I did. That's what I go with. That's <laughs> scary for me. Like, you know, you would see this body on the side of the road, and that's too scary. Skeleton bones don't really scare me in the sense that I'm like, well, I don't really know what this is. It could be because remember we talked back in the day, it was common to bury, you know, your uncle or aunt or grandma and grandpa on the property in the backyard. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just common, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, not that it makes it right. It's but, true. Um, <laughs> but this is my favorite. And well, here we go again. These maintenance do. guys, these maintenance and security guys. Give them hazard pay. Let's let's pay them better because they're if they're not seeing dogmen or evil entities, <laughs> they're seeing UFOs. That's, that's so true, right? Come on, hazard that's pay. So, so true. yeah. Another story at the Grand Hotel is a um, again maintenance man. He saw an evil entity which shows itself as a black mass with glowing red eyes. Ooh. So now that's scary. Right, so this maintenance man he's working on the theater stage in the Grand Hotel, and he reported that the black mass rushed after him, knocking him off his feet. He awoke. This is crazy. Two days later, and he never returned. Wow. Now, this is really funny. My research, it didn't say where he awoke. (laughs) So that's like laying on the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. You're sitting there for two days and nobody went, hey, where's Henry? I don't know. <laughs> oh, well. And then you wake up in this theater and you saw this evil entity. That's crazy. Of course he never returned. Duh. <laughs> I don't yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't return. So that, that was interesting to me. Um, the staff has reported seeing a man in a top hat playing the bar's piano. That is the common one. Hmm. Where you yeah, walk top at night and you just People have claimed they've just sat down and they'll see this man top hat. And he's playing the piano. Everybody's like, oh, wow, he's really good. And then they'll get up to leave and come back and he's gone. Mm. Everybody's like, oh. And then they'll go to the they'll go to the manager and go, hey, that guy playing the piano, uh, he was really good. When can I see him again? And they'll be like, oh, what guy? Like they embrace it. They do not be really like. It's not haunted. Like, oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> this one is one of my favorites because it talked with our Valentine's Day episode. Uh, others see a woman in Victorian clothing who roams the halls mm. and even gets into bed. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. Valentine's Day special about spectrophilia and some ghosts being a little naughty. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is one of them. You know? So, and then She's got to get yourself are... some. <laughs> Be careful, you know? That's what I have to say about <laughs> a woman getting in bed. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, a, a couple more well-known spirits are the woman in black. Now, you two are like this. Well, me too. I like dogs. The woman in black walks her big white dog up and down the hotel's massive front porch after dark. Now, this is really funny awesome. because... I immediately envision you, Brooke, and Megan coming up to this woman and be like, oh, what a good little doggy. <laughs> <Well, laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It? <laughs> you know me too well. Can I put the ghost on? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just petting it. 
It'd be like, oh, good luck. This woman in total black is just staring at you. Oh, look at the dog. <laughs> no, it's like not everything. They just disappear. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> okay. Uh, I just laughed at that because I know even what you both love your dogs. Um, <laughs> now, the other <laughs> one is a ghost of, and I'm, and I do admit, little children freak me out <laughs> when it comes to ghosts. Mm-hmm. She's little Rebecca. It's true. And who she passed away on the grounds and haunts the fourth floor, being spotted floating or walking through walls and disappearing to nowhere. So mm. Mm. there wasn't really anything in here where um anybody said like, oh, I saw her. And, you know, there's just there was just kind of like, I think I saw her and whatever. But what they say here is. And I think this is really funny because you can do this too. Uh, uh, if we cover the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, where The Shining was done, or supposedly done, <laughs> uh, where you can walk the halls yourself alone, anywhere between two a.m. and four a.m. You want to see Little Rebecca. So my next question mm. would be, and here it comes, Brooke, would you walk alone <laughs> two a.m. four a.m. the hall? Alone? Alone. I think I would as long as I had a friend like staying in a nearby room so I could like <laughs> run run there if I got freaked out and be like, oh my god, I just saw a creepy little girl. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. stay at the hotel by myself. I don't think I'm brave enough to do that. Megan, yet, I already know your answer. <laughs> Actually though, oh here we go. Nine. I mean, especially if there's a ghost dog <laughs> involved somewhere on the premises. I'll go find the dog. That's true. All right. So this is what we're going to do, yeah. Brooke. We're going to strap a GoPro camera to Megan. To Megan? <laughs> I can see the thing. And we're going to have her walk up and down the hall. <laughs> alone. Yeah. That sounds good. I can, you know, like kind of entice the ghost. I can be like, oh, no, I'm all alone. I hope I don't get scared. <laughs> There you go. I hope I don't That'd see little Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, you are full surprise. Perfect. Oh, and then boom, you have like the holy water, like in the next room, just in case. Yeah, but then like a squirt gun. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> a squirt gun for maximum <laughs> So <laughs> all of this is from research caught in your state. Um, there is one other thing I I thought was really interesting. I don't know if this is true because I saw YouTube videos of people walking alone and, and trying to see something. But according to the Grand Hotel, they don't allow ghost hunters. Don't know why. Oh, interesting. So they That's don't allow like good old your old friend Zach and his clothing line. Oh no, Zach. Ugh. But oh, I don't know if that's true. Line. I don't know if that's true because I was like looking and I saw I saw YouTube videos all over the place where I think these two guys were like walking with their phones and be like, hey, we're walking in the fourth floor looking for, you know, little Rebecca. And so I don't know. Right. I, I think huh. it's I think it's kind of dumb that they don't allow that because it's such a huge place. Like, why wouldn't you be like, hey, guys, you can film from two to four. and Then you got to get your butts out of here kind of thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they just won't like, like shut the place down for paranormal investigations because yeah. some places i think yeah. have to like 
Oh, like we want everyone out of here, and that's a little unreasonable. Yeah, it's a little unreasonable. Maybe if you're like a hobby investigator, they'll let you do what you want to do. But yeah, so this is definitely a destination site road trip. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. Um, so Mm -hmm. here's things that I found from uh, a site called Michigan hauntedhouses.com about the Grand Hotel. This is a quote. This is the scariest and silliest quote I've ever heard in my life, but I'll try to give it justice. So here we go. This is a quote from someone who stayed at the Grand Hotel. I once stayed in the Grand Hotel. It wasn't so grand. (laughs) When an apparition lifted me 16 inches off the floor in the middle of the night. (laughs) I awoke awoke to the sound of heavy moaning coming from the room next door. I think that's something else, pal. You might want to look into that. Um, (laughs) I thought thought that was strange. So so here's heavy moaning, and he thought it was strange. So what does he do? He knocks on the door. No door. Duh. No Uh, So this is my favorite one. I knock once more just for gigs. And holy moly, (laughs) holy moly, yes, that's his quote. I heard something behind the door, that door moan. Okay, again, maybe you think it's something else, but we won't get into that. Uh, Another experience I had was when I I ate dinner in the dining room. I was eating alphabet soup. Oh, hold on. (laughs) No way they would serve that. The Grand Hotel has <laughs> alphabet soup for like three years. Right, maybe. Back. Okay. I, all right. <laughs> I had the sudden urge to use the potty. <laughs> I, I, oh God, I got up and used the potty. Well, that's good. When I came back, check this out. The letters in my soup said, <laughs> Eggs Guy. <laughs> I have no idea what that oh meant or could mean. I spent days <laughs> researching a guy, but have found no correlation to the paranormal. But I still believe in the, it's the true meaning is out there. Overall, this place, death haunted. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. It's this like is a, from February best. 5th, 2020. <laughs> Yeah. So I feel like this time was a ghost. Prankster ghosts again. Yeah, I was gonna say I would absolutely rearrange letters to say eggs guy. (laughs) All the things you could say, right? Oh my gosh! So I went to TripAdvisor because I'm like, I want to see how much the rooms cost. So pretty reasonable. Um. Depends where you stay. It's about $200 to $500 a night. Kind of reasonable, I guess. But anyway, they had a ghost encounter on there. Somebody actually wrote on TripAdvisor they had a ghost ghostly encounter. I'm not going to read it because it's really long and super lame. Basically, (laughs) this couple claims a ghost moved their wife's eyeglasses. That was it. Oh, maybe, you know, maybe. So basically it was like, hey, we came home. We were, you know, drinking and we came home and 
me and my wife got a little, you know what? And then she looked for her glasses. <clears throat> she couldn't find them. And then she went to the went to the bathroom, and there her glasses sitting on the sink. And then when I came back, <laughs> got back in the bed, they were gone. And that was pretty much it. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. Like story. so, world's <laughs> lamest ghost encounter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but before I turn it over to Megan, I wanted to talk about something that I saw really cool. Um, that was really interesting um, that's around the Grand uh, Hotel called the Drowning Pool. Now, this is super weird because about witches, and I know we're kind of getting a little off topic, but I just thought this was crazy, okay? And I'll just do it really quickly. But So in the 1700s and early 1800s, seven women were accused of being witches. Now, remember, this is Michigan. So, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. so if you're familiar, back in those days, this is the dumbest. As humans, I can't believe how dumb we are when we're trying to figure something out sometimes. How would you determine <laughs> if, like, you or Megan were a witch? Well, very simple. This is what I would do to either one of you. And I wouldn't do that because I love you both. But <laughs> <laughs> I would tie rocks to your feet. And then I would throw you both in the water. Again, I wouldn't do that. I love you both. <laughs> throw you both in the water. And if you floated, you're a witch. Brooke, Megan, you're witches. I'm sorry. I got to hang you, burn you. I'm sorry. But if you sink, oh, you're not a witch. You're good. <laughs> but, you're, but you're dead anyway. But I was going to die So anyway. either way. So either way, you're dead. This is a trick, guys. <laughs> So I imagine coming up to you and be like, Megan, Brooke, I think you're witches. And you'd be like, John, no, you know us and everything. Hey, look, like I said, I love you both. This is what I'm going to do to make it fair. I'm going to tie rocks to your feet. And I'm going to throw you in this. Throw you in. Throw you in this pool. And if you drowned, hey, I told you you were innocent. Of course, I knew that. But if you float, sorry, you're a witch. I'm going to kill you anyway. Uh, we will put this on Instagram because when you see this place, I guarantee you, you'll be like, oh, hell yeah, that is creepy. That is <laughs> really creepy. Um, and this is around um, Mackinac Island off a place called um, between Mission Point and downtown Mackinac. Mackinac um, and they basically said these women uh, who drowned there, legends say that to this day, visitors report seeing mysterious splashing shadows and dark figures floating above the surface. Hmm. So hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up because it's kind of near there where uh, the Grand Hotel is. It, you would have to obviously uh, hike or, or take a ferry or something like you normally would do to get this island. But uh, it, it was just really interesting. Michigan and witches never, I never put that together, right? Yeah. It's usually, yeah. you know, Maine or whatever, right? Or uh, East Coast. So, interesting. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I just think it's a definitely worth a road trip and everything. And, uh, really want to go down to Megan so she can fill in the gaps about these cemeteries and everything like that because uh, again, scary. <laughs> it's an <laughs> island full of bones. So. 
Yeah, I've got some scary stories to keep the ball rolling. And I've never been to the, I've never stayed at the Grand Hotel, but I've been to Mackinac Island twice and can't say I've seen any shadow figures or <laughs> dead witches, but there, there's still, there's no time. <laughs> Anyways, so something cool about Mackinac Island, if um, you listeners haven't been there, is that there are no cars allowed on the island. You can only travel by horse or wagon or bike. Um, I think the emergency personnel do have a few motor vehicles um, just for emergencies, but there are no cars allowed, which is very interesting. So all of these cemeteries, if you do want to visit them, you will have to take a bike or a horse-drawn carriage. Kind of cool. So there's three mm-hmm. different cemeteries on this island. One is the Fort Mackinac Post Cemetery. That's a military cemetery. And then there's two civilian cemeteries. There's St. Anne's and then Mackinac Island Cemetery. So all of those different cemeteries lay adjacent to one another on Garrison Road, which is kind of right smack dab in the middle of the island. So I thought I would just cover a few fun facts about each of the cemeteries to close out our episode. Found some cool history to tell you guys. So the first one is the Post Cemetery. This is actually a National Historic Landmark. And this is where um, some of the Fort Mackinac soldiers, their families, and local officials were buried, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And some of the graves are as old as dating back to the War of 1812. So pretty, yeah. pretty old. But I would say most mm-hmm. of the graves, I, I found a list of them. Most of them are um, dated to like the mid to late 1800s. So still pretty old. But something interesting is both British and American soldiers are buried there which is interesting but this is just this just made me laugh i based on the research that i was reading they did like a terrible job keeping track of like who was buried who at like who like who was buried where in the cemetery so they thought you know back in the day they were just gonna mark people's graves with wooden crosses but as we all know wood doesn't last Mm -hmm. very long so some of these wood crosses just completely decayed away so they just weren't marked anymore and plus they kept (laughs) very terrible records of like who was buried who so um and then to add to things in the 20th century the caretakers made mistakes on replacement head headstones (laughs) with incorrect information so today there's 108 burials at this cemetery, but we only know the names of 39 of them. (laughs) That's bad. That's really bad. bad. There's 69 (laughs) people in the cemetery. We just have no idea who they are because there's such terrible records. Isn't that crazy? That That is crazy. crazy. Yeah. So that's interesting. Would definitely recommend visiting that if you take a tour there. But there's two other cemeteries I was going to tell you about. This first one has an interesting story to it. The first one's a civilian cemetery. It's called St. Anne's. And it actually has one of the oldest graves on all of Mackinac Island there. There's this um, child, actually. Her name was Mary Biddle. And she died in 1833. And she was only eight years old. And she fell Hmm. through the ice and died. So that's the oldest grave on the island is 1833. So pretty old. Mm -hmm. So I put this picture in the outline and I can add that to Instagram as well. But at St. Anne's, there's 
this archway that leads into the cemetery. And legend has it that this gate that they built was supposedly large enough to accommodate like a horse-drawn hearse to come to the cemetery. But mm. when they were building the arch, they forgot that there would be a horse, like a like a driver driving the hearse. So the <laughs> archway is not tall enough to accommodate a person driving the hearse. So that's interesting. Where, like the legend of like the headless horseman or hearse man. Oh, from. cool. Huh. Interesting. Right. So, That's so funny. Yeah, so they forgot about that when they were building that. So interesting Oops. story. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last cemetery, uh, I didn't find too much on it, but it's called the Macna Island Cemetery, also known as the Protestant Cemetery. And graves were actually moved here um, in um, 1850 because people mm. were being buried downtown. But even at that time, they were way too overcrowded trying to build yeah. a bunch of things downtown. So they actually exhumed the graves and moved them, moved the, the bodies to this cemetery. So kind of interesting. Hmm. So fun fact, there are so many people who want to be buried on Mackinac Island that they're actually turning people away. What? So you have to, wow. yeah, you have to meet prerequisites in order to be buried on Mackinac Island. I've There's never prerequisite anywhere. <laughs> So there's wow. there's stipulations. One, you have to be born on the island. Oh boy! Two, you have to be like a, a resident of the island, or you have to have owned a business on the island for 15 years. So, and you wow. have to get like an application to be buried uh, there, which is interesting. That's crazy. It's so funny. Yeah. It's like, oh, what an interview to be buried here. <laughs> so interesting. Right, just something that's gonna happen mm. after you die. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. All right, I'm I've dead. Won. <laughs> Let <Yeah>. me in. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally dying to get in, John. Ah, uh, <laughs> good one. All right, I have one last story before I let you all go. This is super interesting. So back in 2011, there was this historic building called the McNally Cottage, and it's kind of like a a white house. Um, and it was going to be demolished because they were going to build this like brand new three-story hotel. So people were obviously upset about it, but understandable. They wanted to build something different there. But when they were tearing this cottage down and they were, you know, digging the foundation to build this new massive hotel, they actually found this huge burial site with like hundreds of animal bones and oh, human wow. bones in it. Right. So John, it kind of goes with, your oh, story. Wow, yeah. like, I wonder how many like yeah. forgotten burial sites right. there are on right. this island. It's a little scary. Mm -hmm. Very scary. So they were thinking that the McNally Cottage might have been built on top of a Catholic cemetery from the 19th century, um, where members of the parish might have also been Native American. So they're thinking that they're they might be, you know, people from the parish. So uh, tribal members actually uh, claimed the bodies that were found and they reburied them somewhere else. So. Something super interesting about the McNally Cottage was that it was built in 1889 and it was built for $500. That's it. Nice. Yeah. And they uh, <laughs> added a little bit of extra money. It came out to $1,000 because they built Woo, the big center. <laughs> but uh, when it was purchased in 2009, it sold for $1.7 million. 
Whoa. Oh my god. So today Insane. it is actually the Bicycle Inn and Suites. So I have what? actually when I was there. So a little sad, but a lot. <laughs> they it seems like they took care of the the bones that were found. So definitely a very oh, good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I mean, I, again, I think we don't wrap our minds around this. It the whole dang island is a burial ground. <laughs> it is from different centuries, you know. Yeah, hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, we have no idea. So, just really quickly, imagine when you guys were house hunting and someone said, "Hey, Brooke, uh, Megan, you know, um, I'll be the realtor." Hey, uh, Brooke, Megan, this is a great house for uh, either one of you, but it's on a burial mound. Uh, just let me know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> kind of a deal breaker. I don't know if I can live there. I would love to visit a place like that, but I don't know if I could permanently Absolutely. live there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a fun fact for you, John. Yeah. <laughs> the previous homeowner when she vacated my house that I now own today, she left uh -huh. a cross nailed to the ceiling in the basement Ooh. and I've left it up because I don't know what that means. Just want to keep oh. it there. <gasps> so there have been no hauntings <laughs> or deaths in this house. So I think oh, I'm okay. Megan, that's so cool. Yeah, oh. I'll, I'll send a picture. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, very the nice lead, lady, Megan. That just... No, mm -hmm. that just really quick. It reminds me of a, a house that we got to do is a haunted house where these people moved in and all in their closets were crosses, like nails Ooh. everywhere in their closet. Like any closet you went to, there was crosses, like multitude of crosses. And I was like, what? And then as soon as they took the, you know, <laughs> they, of course, took the crosses away and then just, my god it was like the devil himself just said i'm kicking some butt and i'm gonna make your life miserable so <laughs> don't take that cross down is my point <laughs> no i'm gonna keep it man it's a feature of the house now um uh, so awesome brooke dog man beast of bray road eh, maybe they're cousins right who knows uh um, maybe yeah who knows <laughs> grand hotel lovely place to stay we'll have to think about that you know but no mini bar <laughs> privileges um, and then just the historical <laughs> burial sites that people actually want to be buried there. Okay, I get it. Yeah, okay. um, so awesome stories. Anything else before we wind up in the episode? I don't think so. Awesome. I'm really interested. So really Branching quickly, out into Michigan. <laughs> yes. So next week, I can tell you what it's gonna be episode 13. So Ooh, we're spooky. Do curses, <laughs> phobias, and we're going to talk about it, but I thought it'd be really cool, ladies, since it's episode 13 and some people have Friday 13th, they have a phobia and stuff. I thought it'd be really cool if we cover like cursed dolls, like Annabelle, um, Ooh, all yeah. these other like curses that. and all these really cool things. So that would be our 13th episode coming up after these two um you know that we talked about but just a little teaser <laughs> that episode 13 it's one of a little teaser out there uh again dairylandfrights gmail.com 
if you have anything you want to share, we are totally open to it. Even dads, <laughs> you can share some more. And uh, you know, go to our Instagram, YouTube. We're on every uh, podcast site out there to catch us. And uh, you know, we love all you. Uh, like we said, our little Paristanis and everyone who listens to this. And that's it for me. So, guess I I'll will talk to you ladies later. Yeah, see you next time. See you next time. See ya. This is John from Dairyland Frights. And are you scared of your podcast hosting site? Well, not anymore. Because with Podbean, you can get a free month of hosting for your podcast. And also, yes, there's more. You can get $100 of free advertising for your podcast where you can advertise on Dairyland Frights or in many other podcasts on Podbean. So don't be scared and come over to Podbean today. And you can go to Dairyland Frights, podbean.com. That's Dairyland Frights, podbean.com. So don't be scared. Come over to Podbean. We love it. You'll love it too.